Three, two, one. Why couldn't all the podcasts be nice like Sardonicast? Then they wouldn't have had to be exterminated. Hi, I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks, and this is Sardonicast. And that was a quote from one of the best shows of all time, Kimba the White Lion. Kimba? <laughs> Simba? Hmm, suspicious. I'm Ralph the Movie Maker from Ralph the Movie Maker. <laughs> and I'm Alex from IHE. <laughs> <laughs> we sound Good excited show. today. Yeah, well. Yeah. I know, man. We're just, I just get this vibe. Everyone's so defeated at the moment. Yeah. Morale mm-hmm. is low. This is why yeah. we need Sardonicus to lift everyone's yep. spirits with yep. some Woo! exciting news, you know? Especially from, uh, have you guys heard about this uh, exciting uh, release from uh, Apple's YouTube channel? Yeah. Sure, you've heard about this. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ross the Boss 69 actually sent in a little message for us saying Apple released a short film directed by Damien Chazelle demonstrating vertical cinema. Do you think there's a future oh. for films shot in the 9 by 16 aspect ratio? Lol. Well, have you guys seen that other one that Apple made where they got oh, Spike Jones, I believe? Oh, Spike Jones like, had a vertical made an one? Apple commercial? No, it wasn't vertical. Oh, it was like okay. an Apple commercial. Spike Jones is no mm-hmm. stranger to commercial. <laughs> yeah, I just love the personality and the... Yeah, it was just so well done, that one. And then this one, I don't know. First of all, it was like 10 minutes long, right? And I <laughs> I watched so maybe long. a minute of it before I wanted to shut it off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't watch all the way through. <laughs> it's It's delivering a very disgusting perspective <laughs> is what it's doing <laughs> I mean, because it's like 10 yeah. minutes long and the entire thing is basically it seems like apple went up to damien chazelle and was like can you convince people that you can use an iphone to make movies and that vertical cinema <laughs> is like legitimate and, and something that will be in in the future like i don't know it's just the the fact that the entire video seems to just be promoting like, hey, you should film vertically. This is what this is what professionals should be doing. Basically, I don't think Damien Chazelle believes that, but basically, yeah. the energy <laughs> of of the short is that. Like that's what it feels like. I'm being told. It by does Apple. the exact opposite though. Oh yeah, it looks like, like shit. It's convinced me that it would be an awful idea to make a movie in this aspect ratio. Oh there, yeah, there is like a thing in your mind where it's like this, like this might be well shot for like using a phone. But like, dude, it's not really conveying anything beyond the kind of gimmick of it. Yeah, I was watching it on my laptop, so it was just the black bars on the side. Maybe it's better if you just watch it on the phone. It doesn't even fucking uh, matter. Like, of course, it's going to look a little bit better. Yeah, I I checked out of it pretty quick. Our eyes, there's two of them, and they're side by side, not stacked on top of each other. That's why widescreen (laughs) works, because we already have widescreen vision naturally. That's how human eyes work. They're not. Yeah. It's well when they design movie theaters, they design the screen to like fill your entire field of vision, basically. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like this fucking narrow thing. <laughs> like we've always done it the other way. Uh, you could have just turned the iPhone vertically or horizontally. I mean, <laughs> probably would have been better. To think that you've experienced a film on your fucking telephone. Get real. <laughs> Yeah, I love Damien Chazelle's man. films too. I think they're oh, so me too. great. Yeah. That's why but, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of sad to say this, but it was like I so checked out of it like immediately. I'm like, this kind of stinks. I don't even think it was just like the vertical aspect ratio. It just seemed like something he didn't give a shit about. It really didn't like it. It doesn't seem like there was, was any kind of a mess. Here. I didn't. I didn't really understand what was his going on. His name's on, to be on it. Yeah. I wonder if he knew that his name would be in the title. 
I wonder if when they they asked him to do it, if he knew that that's that would be the case, because <laughs> maybe mm. he just thought like, oh, commercial is fucking vertical video, whatever, fuck it, like <laughs> just threw shit together, and then they're like, okay, well, we're putting your name in the title, because I don't know, he's he's like a well known enough name that this got some views from that alone. That's why that it has RT thirty respect, million views. You know, yeah, this this type of marketing has existed for a while especially with the iphone you see all those bus ads where it's like shot on an iphone for like pictures or whatever it's like Mm -hmm. yeah that doesn't it's not a replacement for like good camera gear if that's what you're trying to imply apple it's not like oh i'm deciding between like like a, a gh5 or something and and an iphone this will suffice yeah, lenses are important. Is that right. but iPhones can shoot landscape? Shoot that. You can put it on mm-hmm. its side and shoot like properly, like fucking uh, <laughs> tangerines. They really the problem. Tangerines was it an, a that, movie yeah. made on the iPhone 4S or something? Yeah, mm. I think it was around then. What's this fuck? Sean Baker, that's the name. Yeah, that's that a good movie. Perfectly. Yeah, really funny, entertaining. Yeah, and it's shot horizontally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It didn't need to be shot vertically just because it's on an iPhone. So it's so weird mm. that they're kind of like trying to persuade people that this is something good that they should be doing. That's weird yeah. to me. It's just that Apple ego. They're trying to start a movement, you know? They want oh, people yeah. To be like, yeah, I'm going to make movies on my vertically because it's so new and trendy and different and out there. What's and that fucking... The, the rules. The, that new streaming service that's everything's vertical and, and nothing is longer than 10 minutes or some shit started by like Jeffrey Katzenberg oh. and somebody <laughs> like, and yeah, it's a massive failure Tubi or something. Called. No, that's that's a real. Other thing. What <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's something like that. Quibi. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. So yeah. they <laughs> of all people, they had like Steven Spielberg make a fucking Quibi show. The guy who is like railing so hard against Netflix. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, it seems like a disaster. Yeah. Like nobody is interested. Partially because like you can't even output to a TV if you wanted to. Like it completely disables like any kind of screencast, <laughs> screen share, or whatever, or like HDMI. You can only out. watch it on your phone. Yeah, I think so. Nobody things. can like yeah, which is share any of it or talk about mm-hmm. any of it really. Like. If you wanted to review a show, you can't really use clips. I'm sure somebody's figured a way around it. I'm positive that yeah, there's you can probably download the torrents clips. of something, right? But mm-hmm. somebody always figures a way. Yeah. But to make it so that the general public can't really do it, <laughs> it's just like you're shooting yourself in the foot. Just like, <laughs> let's let's have a service that has less features than every other service, and we're going to start competing now. This is This will go well. Yeah, I feel like I get emails every other week from people being like hi i'm um, just letting you know i'm starting a new youtube and uh, oh yeah you want to be a part of it <laughs> it's like good luck what what, what are you doing <laughs> good luck yeah yeah i think they've also on quibi they've added like other pre-existing shows and films that just like okay oh. well i thought the whole point was that you're supposed to watch content that's like exclusive to quibi because because it's like so cool that you can watch them in little tiny chunks for the millennial Zoomer generation <laughs> that doesn't have an attention span. And apparently they also have this weird thing where it's like, even though there's content shot in widescreen, you can just like flip your phone and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I'm watching this vertically and there's no like, <laughs> like it's not like the black bars or whatever. So it like fills the mm-hmm. whole screen. 
and they apparently have it tailor edited so that you know if there's action on the screen you'll still be seeing it it you know it won't be completely randomly generated or something but yep never installing that bullshit <laughs> can you imagine like uh apple execs uh, designing a cinema, a vertical. Oh god, cinema. yeah, there was a shitty. It's <laughs> like a massive iPhone a <laughs> inside a room. That everyone oh my god, around. yeah, that sounds like the worst thing ever. Yeah, I'm just imagining <laughs> like a boomer like meme A4. in my head right now. <laughs> Whether it really exists in real life or not, although I'm sure it does. <laughs> Rest in peace, David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he's it. not going to be happy when he finds out about this. <laughs> His YouTube channel is going to just <laughs> blow up. Mm-hmm. Damien Chazelle. It wasn't good. It was kind of shit. I'm, I wish I'd watched more of it because I don't have much to say. But it sounds like it wasn't worth seeing the whole thing. It's not like a single narrative. It's literally like a clip show trying to emulate different genres. So you've got this like old timey black and white, and then near the beginning they have that thing where it's like you can see the film celluloid sort of the mm-hmm. film reel mm-hmm. thing. It's like, well, why even show that? Like the. if it's just gonna be vertical anyway they've got this western thing going on they've got this like at least cowboys are in there dance thing this gangster thing it's really trying to show off the versatility of vertical filmmaking of which there is none and so it's just like it's trying so hard and the idea behind it is just garbage it's reinventing the wheel when we don't need to do that i like watching things in 16 by 9 or letterboxd is fine if somebody wants to make a vertical video film and there's a purpose to it, fucking great. Oh, yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Prove me wrong. I want to see it. It'd be fucking awesome. When I heard about this, it was like, Damien Chazelle made a vertical video uh, short film. I was like, oh, cool. And I assumed, like, I don't know, that it would just be some sort of experimental thing. Like, you know, Mommy was in one by one aspect ratio. That was really awesome. I assumed it was something that Damien Chazelle wrote and made for a purpose not for an ad and then alex you send me this video and i click on it and all of a sudden it's like oh apple youtube channel and i immediately just got so upset (laughs) and then it was exactly what i didn't want it to be wow it's just a fucking ad for apple great vertical cinema this is a real short film embarrassing when they like when these arrogant like people and companies try to sell a new way to watch movies. You're going to watch it in 3D now. You're going to watch it vertically now. And does it ever take off, really? Yeah. I don't know how much of it is just like empty words, you know? Where it's like, are they really trying to make this happen or are they just looking for attention? It's or just like, marketing. What the Even fuck making is people this? angry. Yeah, people we're talking about, about it, I guess. It and talking about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I want it to be shorter. And just be more entertaining. <laughs> I don't know what it was going for, really. Have like any kind of narrative and not just be like a clip show of different genres without doing anything interesting in either of them. Mm-hmm. Just like, remember this genre? That's pretty much all it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the entire fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of what he always does. It's like La La Land. It's like. <laughs> Except there's something substantive behind it and... when he makes right, like real movies. Right. <laughs> But then people criticize La La Land because it's like, oh, it's just ripping off old Hollywood movies. I'm like, no, there's something more there. And then he makes Mm -hmm. something like this where it's Mm -hmm. no substance to it. And it makes like those people seem right. (laughs) It's like, God damn it. 
I'm not putting this in his chronology. I'm not putting this in his like repertoire. Why this is not? a fucking ad. This is not a movie. This is not even a short film. I, lo- it's I an love ad. all of Spike Jones' ads. I like Spike Jones's music video for Kanye West, yeah. where it's just him and his daughter, like on his <laughs> iPhone. Like that was so much better than this. Oh, of course, it was infinitely better. And it was just him and his daughter on an iPhone. <laughs> Some directors create ads and they make a film out of it. Other directors create ads that are ads. <laughs> So yeah, this is just this is ad. a fucking ad. I don't care <laughs> right. if it's ten minutes. Yeah, it's a ten minute a long paycheck for it. It's a ten minute long ad. Oh, of course, you got a paycheck. Yeah, <sighs> so lame, so stupid. It is incredibly lame. <laughs> Mega corpse trying to revolutionize art. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on, guys, just do it the other way now. <laughs> They're gonna dictate your future of cinema. You're a yeah. tech company that <laughs> make phones. Oh man, <laughs> shut up. Just, Apple just invest billions of dollars into a vertical video service. See how well that works. <laughs> just fucking yes, do it. <laughs> invest, yeah, invest like a sizable amount of money into like the first ever feature length vertical film. If they wanted to do that for an ad, that would be cool. Because then yeah, there would be like a plot like or something. <laughs> yeah. An Apple right. cinema with that screen. And then it's like a monolith shaped screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been great. But All right. I guess that's all... Mm-hmm. We have to say about it. And I'm giving this one a 1 out of 10. I believe the title is called Shot on iPhone by Damien Chazelle. Vertical <laughs> is that really the name? I mean, that's the title of the video. I don't know if it's supposed to be something else. Yep. Yeah, I'd give it a 2. <laughs> I'm not going to rate it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah, I honestly haven't thought about rating much. It's, it just is what it is. Yep. Whiplash is great. You should watch that. Yeah. If you haven't seen it. I wonder how many people haven't seen Whiplash at this point. I'm sure there's a bunch, but I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a bunch, yeah. In case you haven't. Yeah. Get on <laughs> if it. If you have a choice between this, I mean it's just like an extra hour and ten minutes probably. And then it's a much better experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They filmed it horizontally. <laughs> it was really groundbreaking for the time. There's uh, three other movies I wanted to talk about that are filmed horizontally. What? If you wanted to get into those. (laughs) What are those? It's a series of spaghetti westerns that came out. What is it? The Man Man with No Name trilogy or the Dollars trilogy? Yeah. I like the sound of the Man with No Name trilogy better. I don't know which one is more common. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I guess the Dollars is because two of them have dollars in the title. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's money. They're all and about all stealing money. Yeah. Yeah. And all of them, they're trying to steal money. Yeah. It's a big theme of all of them. Greed. Spoilers? Yeah. Spoiler discussion. Uh huh. I'm not going to say like the plot for all three of these, like right off the bat, because it's basically just Clint Eastwood is a badass and he's a cowboy in the West and he goes on a series of little adventures. It's kind of like Mad Max. I think Mad Max was kind of inspired by this. The That's kind a of good structure. Comparison. Yeah. Definitely. Like this character just kind of goes on a little adventure. He has a different name in each one, too. I, he's like Blondie in Good, Bad, and the Ugly. And yeah. He, he's I think it's a different way the same outfit, is my yeah. understanding. I think it's supposed to be... I think it's supposed to be the same character. They just give him different names. No. But there's like other cast members, yeah? There's other cast members who play different characters, 100%. Like there's an old guy who's in all three. He's also like the railroad uh, ticket holder in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, like at the very beginning. <laughs> so he's in like a bunch of his movies. It's the guy... There's also the villain. He's yeah. like in all three of the movies. At the end, mm-hmm. he plays like a, 
he's like the Civil War sergeant, like in Good, Bad, and the Ugly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's like a lot of reoccurring people. It is a little so, confusing. Wait, I don't know but yeah, they, they are. So, they are Clint Eastwood not the same character. I think Clint Eastwood is the same guy. No, no I was watching <laughs> I, the special features. <laughs> yeah. They said that despite okay. how the film was marketed, how the films were marketed, they are three different characters. That's mm-hmm. that's the. I mean, like the. That was just, just for watching. He plays them exactly the same at all three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the. That's the. I guess that's the great part because Clint Eastwood was flown to Italy basically to make these right, and he just yeah. shot all three. And I guess he just didn't give a fuck. He just played the same guy. He's like a stoic, <laughs> like badass guy. And yeah. he doesn't have to do much. It's, he doesn't really like, emote uh, much, but it works for the character. Cornetto trilogy, you know? Uh-huh. It's like they're not the same right. characters. I mean, they're they're fleshed out more in those ones, but they're basically, you know, they're, they're basically doing the same thing three times in ways. Yeah. But I think yeah. Simon Pegg's character in each one is very different. For, yeah, like Sean, and then like in the world's end is a very different character. Here he's like, it's probably because Clint Eastwood didn't give a shit. Honestly, he's probably like, I'm not playing the same <laughs> character. What is it? I'm just gonna, I'm in a western. I'm gonna be the same fucking guy. Uh, well, he but gets it works. to be the coolest guy in each one, and he plays yeah. it the same and has the same costume. So you can't really blame anyone for considering it the same character all the way through. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it kind of adds it a little bit just to like imagine that it is because there isn't really that can, anything like that conflicts with the character is not that wildly different like like you said with the other actors being kind of changed around and being good guys in one movie and a bad guy in another like Mm -hmm. he's very consistent consistently clint but i was reading about how uh there was a bit of a feud between clint and uh uh, sergio leone uh after they finished work on the trilogy he was describing his acting ability. Uh, Sergio was as a <laughs> not his favorite. Uh, wasn't <laughs> impressed by it. He was kind of upset about it after the fact. But... After the whole trilogy's out. Yeah, because he wanted him to be the harmonica player in um, uh, what's it called, Ralph? Once uh, upon a time in the West. Yeah, once yeah, upon a time. But uh, he turned it down. And yeah, he got like real special treatment for the for the trilogy in terms of like getting ten percent of U.S. box office. Oh wow! And... Yeah, he got paid a lot. Uh, yeah. Toward the end, he wanted a bigger role in like Good, Bad, and the Ugly, because uh, you know it was mostly like a, a character ensemble. That one, he wasn't as big in that, and I guess he started asking for more money. Otherwise, he wouldn't do it. <laughs> and then after the whole making the trilogy, Clint Eastwood went off and made his own movies, and he started directing his own movies, mm-hmm. and he had a production company. I guess that's why he didn't want to do like make movies with Sergio Leone anymore. Yeah. He also Sergio Leone only spoke Italian. And he spoke English, so like they couldn't even talk to each other. I think they used yeah. like a yeah translator. <laughs> so I can imagine their relationship was like a, a disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that movie, is a huge challenge. Yeah, you don't really see it. I guess right now we're just talking about the trilogy as a whole. Sure, like, we're not yeah. mm-hmm. talking about a specific one. Another big part of it is Ennio Morricone's score. Of uh, course, he passed away recently. Yeah, that that's what made me want to revisit them. But yeah, yeah I figured that's, it's. One of the best parts of the trilogy. It's Would not be the music. same without the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does fifty so percent of the work. It, it's amazing, yeah. really expressive. Because mm-hmm. it is so visual, as you were saying about with the director not being able to speak English. Um, it is specifically mentioned, and when I was like reading about the movies, that he he does focus on the visual side. So leaning into the visuals and having the music is a lot of what the stories are in mm-hmm. these in this trilogy. There's a lot of like long sequences where there's no dialogue it's all about just the way things are blocked and and shown on screen 
And I think it's really effective for this type of story because I don't know about you guys, but I think the trilogy just gets significantly better with each entry. First one's pretty solid. It's okay. It's like quite, it's very simple. It's the way I described the first movie. It's just like a really simple kind of adventure serial with the mystery main character kind of working his way into this conflict. And then with each entry after that, it gets more and more complex and there's more reveals. And it just feels like he masters what he's going for with it, for this type of story. I'm just impressed that they were able to build a time machine and steal songs from Kill Bill. <laughs> You guys recognize well, yeah, a few of those, there's right? Directors. There's like three yeah, of them, yeah. at least. <laughs> Tarantino loves using uh, Marconi music. Yeah. <laughs> Basically yeah, all his movies, he uses it. His soundtrack. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amazing music. Yeah. It, it, it adds it's so much. It's funny when I hear it, I, I remember Tarantino using yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, at least he used them in interesting ways that were like appropriate. Yeah. It is still weird to me, just taking a song that already exists in another film's soundtrack, especially... That's still kind of weird, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially when it's such a well-known film. But yeah, I guess if you can license it, weird, yeah. it's good music. It's really good music. So fuck it. <laughs> it's still his love style. Kill Bill anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if if he Close wasn't modern. doing that, he's still doing that <laughs> to like a bunch of different shots and visual elements anyway. Right. All of his westerns are inspired by these mm-hmm. and Once Upon a Time in the West, and yeah, clearly mm-hmm. are. Uh, speaking of stealing too, a uh, fistful of dollars. Let's let's hone in oh, on yes, that one a little yes. more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of comparisons to Yojimbo, uh, apparently, which is a film I saw a long time ago, so I don't really remember. Um, but did you guys look into that? Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. It seems to just be kind of unanimously decided that it is just kind of a copy. Yeah. Uh, luckily, it's not the whole trilogy. It's, it's just a the Western first movie. like translation of it, like how uh, Hidden Fortress is like Star Wars and. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the other one? Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai. It's like that, where you know they they take the same story, <laughs> basically yeah. they just copy it, but it's cowboys this time. It's the, it's the Western version of samurai. Yeah, they mm-hmm. actually uh, there was a lawsuit, and uh, mm-hmm. Toho wound up getting the distribution rights for the film for a, a fistful of dollars to distribute in Japan and the Middle East in the settlement. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's th- there seemed to be like a good enough amount of legitimacy to <laughs> the case being made. Uh, it it seemed as though, you know, I still haven't seen Yojimbo. I need to see some more uh, Kurosawa films. But yeah, they even advertised the film through a poster as the return of Yojimbo in Japan. <laughs> so they kind of like <laughs> used that to market it. Which is kind of interesting. I've still mm. only seen Seven Samurai, but I'll get to it eventually. Do you think so? Do you think it kind of leads to this being the weakest of the trilogy? Just based it's already on the that, most simple and I would have to see it's a criticism. Before. Like just not like as a as a main reason to dismiss the film, but as, as one of the reasons why it's not as it's not on the same level as the films that follow it. Well, um, I might actually. Uh, feel a little bit differently than you about this uh, okay um okay so we'll get um, I'll, I'll i i will say that i enjoyed this film and we'll um you know as we as we tackle the next two films i'll keep you in suspense and let you know how i feel about those two but okay i will definitely recommend yojumbo one day yeah so for we sure talk about that please yeah 
Yeah. Yo, Jimbo! What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could compare it more, but... Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It would be... I, I mean, yeah. like, I was so tempted to watch it after realizing that, but didn't have the time. It's already, like, three mm-hmm. three movies for this episode, so... <laughs> yeah, and they're they're quite long. There's the extended cut of uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. I, I yeah. I don't think I yes, watched that one. Which I didn't know about, I so I think right I watched one. that one. I think uh-huh, I watched uh-huh. the extended one. Okay. <laughs> I think that one's three and a half hours. I watched the one that was three hours. Yeah, I, I watched the I'm theatrical because I, no I heard that that one was better. Yeah. Um, okay. My Blu-ray trilogy just automatically had the extended, though. So I had to get another one. Yeah, I bought theatrical. it off iTunes, and in the credits I noticed it said, this is the extended one. So... Yeah, apparently there is That's no the digital like download version of the uh, theatrical one legally. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently the theatrical one's the better cut is what I heard. Oh, yeah, I think okay. even uh, fans kind of prefer the theatrical over this extended one, which is interesting because a lot of the time extended or like the cuts that come out after heralded a bit more. Yeah, but I don't know. Sometimes they just do that even though it doesn't need it. So like on the yeah. the Handmaiden, they have the extended cut, but it's not really the director's cut. Like the direct the director likes the theatrical cut more and the extended cut kind of ruins the flow of the movie and presents things in the wrong yeah. order, you know? So there's a few examples like that. It's really weird. It's like, "Oh, we have this extra footage can't possibly have been cut from the film for any reason." <laughs> for yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just market this. It's a new movie now. Unrated Snyder cut. <laughs> Snyder cut. I, I think that the silent protagonist dynamic works really well with the rest of the town being so cartoonish and mm-hmm. <laughs> over the top. Like every other character yeah. he interacts with is so out there that the contrast alone allows it to work a lot better than if it was just like a lot of silent people. If every character was acting that way, I think it would just not work really well at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That's why I also think this is my least favorite one of the trilogy because I like his dynamic with uh, the, his kind of partner in the second one mm-hmm. and then with Tuco in the third one. Yeah. So this doesn't really have that. He's just kind of interacting with the town. And yeah, the, the Yojimbo kind of <laughs> rip-off elements. But also, we wouldn't have the second and third film without this one. So even mm-hmm. though it is a complete clone of Yojimbo, it's this exact way the film was made that kind of spawns these other two. That are mm-hmm. so great. And I think those are very original. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does a good job of establishing the kind of the tone and the character. Because yeah. there is a nice consistency over the trilogy. Because the honestly, one of the main characters to me is just the, the location of these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, these wide sweeping shots of the, of the Spain. cliffs and the desert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be the American West. Yeah. 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 But it just has this sense of scale, this like epic sense of scale that really adds Mm. to the stories. And it's all practical, real stunts, Mm, real sets. Yeah, Yeah. the horse stunts are cool. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. awesome, all that stuff. Real explosions and costumes. Costumes are fucking awesome. Hundreds of people. And of course, as the series goes along, it gets more epic. They're blowing up bridges, (laughs) whatever. Oh, yeah. By by the time you get to the third movie, it's just, Um, yes, it's uh, awesome. It's it's mm-hmm. like James Bond if he wasn't a fuckboy, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. They actually like had wrestled with ideas of, like, 
Will he just fuck random women and then they just decided, nah, it's not good for the character? Yeah, I'm Great glad call. they didn't. He just cares about money. Element. Just wants some money. That's it. But he's also got a bit of a like code, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he still wants to save the innocents and stuff, but he doesn't want to like fuck them instantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's kind of a morally gray character in these, even him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a nice guy at the end of the day. He's a, he's the good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like the the symbol of like freedom, uh-huh. you know, and hope for that town. Yeah, it's a very um very simple and well defined setup. I like that about the movie for sure. It's like mm-hmm. it's really it's really basic, but it's all it really needs to be. It doesn't need to be like way too complex. Yeah. It's very small scale. Yeah. Very small scale and straightforward. I don't know if you're aware of this. I I watched a lot of special features for this first one, uh not so much the other two, just for time reasons basically, but uh they had a really 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 lame uh additional prologue that another director <laughs> filmed. Uh, for the television version. So they, they aired it on network television like 10 years after the theatrical release or whatever. And uh, one of the changes they had to make for the film was like, okay, well, so there's a lot of people just getting violently killed. We need to we need to add a bit more justification for that. So they have this like six, eight minute scene or whatever that they, they just stapled onto the beginning of the film. And it's so clearly not Clint Eastwood. And he's like so much shorter and his poncho is like hanging on the ground, (laughs) but you never see his face and everything's just shot from the back. And it's in this completely different setting. He's like basically in a prison um, and he's uh, they're they're at this like uh, this like office desk and the warden of the prison is like, I've got one job for you. And you, if you want to, if you don't want to stay in prison for the rest of your life, you got to take this job. They've taken over the town and the, <laughs> the townspeople are taken hostage and you got to go in there and clean things up just to like <laughs> give this weird justification for why there's all this senseless killing going on. Not just because he like wants money or, you know, all that shit. And it was so cheesy and so bad. And like, there's yeah, a couple parts awful. where they they do a like a close shot of Clint Eastwood, and it's so zoomed in, and you can tell it's outside lighting. So they took the face from other shots of the movie, and even though it's indoors, you can t- tell you can basically see like the sun, uh. <laughs> like casting the shadows on his his face. And it's just it's so sloppy and so bad. But yeah, that was a <laughs> you could watch that on the special features of the uh, trilogy Blu-ray. It was amazing that that was in there. Just some random director and some random actor pretending to be <laughs> a part of the movie. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, that's embarrassing. How do we feel um, A Fistful of Dollars has aged then? Because I was quite impressed. Yeah. Of course, the main point is that this dubbing thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. But I thought overall, stylistically, it was very strong. Uh, sure that it, 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 you know, it looks like a film from 64, but that doesn't inherently mean... It looks bad. I think it looks pretty stunning. I think that all three of the films are shot very well. And again, I think they do improve in that regard with each one as they go along. Yeah, I don't think it aged really terribly, honestly. Because there's not... I mean, even though there are parts that do seem a little goofy in this film, for sure. It's very charming, though. Yeah, it's it's charming. It doesn't really destroy the movie. They're not it's not like a constant thing where it's like oh man this is this is lame or sloppy it doesn't feel sloppy it just feels like oh no in some ways 
Like it's the ultimate dad movie sort of thing where it's like, haha, I'm going to mm-hmm. show up and shoot all of you within like a quarter of a second and you're all going to die. And I, <laughs> I'm like the best shooter <laughs> in the world. Nothing can, nothing can touch me sort of thing. Like that's, that's amusing. Yeah, but, he's just like a hero and the fun is just him yeah, getting out of Yeah, it's, it's like a fantasy situations. movie, <laughs> basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. very funny. Yeah, and the music adds so much that like, I don't know. Without it, I feel like it probably would have felt more aged, but that music yeah. is so so well composed and so timeless that it's just like you can't you can't really be bored And the by actual the movie. gun battles, uh the gun duels themselves are mm-hmm. great and they're iconic. The, the yeah. editing and the the music of them, they've the been tension, yeah. and they've been just imitated and yeah, that's the probably the best parts of these movies, the gun duels at the very end. It's yeah. such a clever way to like elongate such a simple thing and make yeah. it like a, an emotional kind of high point without any dialogue. It's all about the visuals, as I was saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're definitely the best moments, lots especially of face in, shots. The, in the good, the bad, and ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah lots of close up shots. Uh, the framing's a little above their chin sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> very weird framing. This whole plan at the end was so fucking cocky. If they, uh-huh. <laughs> if they just shot him in the fucking head, he'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah i mean like the, the the only other parts of the movie that feel a bit aged would be like i don't know all fake blood looked really bad in this generation looks like ketchup <laughs> or paint doesn't look that great but... oh right yeah that kind of thing doesn't bug me too much unless it's going yeah. for like a really serious tone where i have to buy that yeah. this is all real life where this is so goofy with the big barrel like crashing down and killing people and <laughs> throwing machetes and stuff like that it's just you know it's going for a certain kind of action tone mm-hmm. it's not really going for realism yeah. yeah i enjoy the campy western tone of it mm-hmm. with the music and everything the mm-hmm. music helps add that tone to it too it, hel- it helps add that context to it more where i feel like without it it would just be like it's just probably it would suck yeah honestly it would, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't be nearly as good without the music no it holds yeah. things together. Yeah, I really liked the um, the intros mm-hmm. in the, oh, yeah, in the three movies, yeah. the kind of title sequences. The the one in A Fistful of Dollars really made me think of the the art direction from the Red Dead games with that harsh red, black yeah. and white kind of color scheme, which it made me think, oh, this so is, must be where they're inspired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really like that aspect of it, kind of taking my knowledge from the more modern westerns, you know, like tr- your true grits and your know, Django's and just going back to where it all began type of stuff redefined the genre apparently people were sick of westerns after a certain point and they're like yeah Fuck it, now we got these spaghetti. are considered like the core spaghetti westerns spaghetti aren't they westerns. Yeah, why do they call yeah. it spaghetti western like i understand the difference it's like more like an violent and yeah they were shot oh, initially, just because it's the italian aspect i think they were okay, shot that's, in spain that makes so maybe much italy too yeah maybe italy too yeah. once they got to like once upon a time in the west they shot some of it in america like there's oh, okay. a part where she's like going through the Nevada canyons and it's very clearly like you, you can't get that anywhere else except like Nevada or Arizona. But here it's just like the desert. So they shot it in Spain or Italy or whatever, wherever the fuck. And they got a bunch of Italian people to do it. Yeah. And everyone spoke Spanish or Italian or English and no one could fucking talk to each other. And they just dubbed it all later. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hysterical. But it's I amazing think it, it comes something. together the way it does <laughs> knowing that information, you know. So I, yeah. I, I I briefly mentioned the dubbing thing. Um, of course, uh, there are a fair few characters who have like really bad dubbing because they they just can't speak English, obviously. And is is that something that bothers you guys? Uh, 
it didn't really get to me at all, to be honest. I had the subtitles on, and after a while, you just kind of get used to it. Well, it would bother me if I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I yeah, I had to, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know before going in about Definitely. that because I read, so I was kind of prepared, but I'm not sure how I'd feel if I didn't know that. I don't know. I feel like there there's so many films from that generation that are dubbed. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not really bothered by it at all. The only dubbing that I was really bothered by in the film was the uh, pretend to be a child but is actually an adult woman character. <laughs> dub <laughs> that one i noticed that because i thought the kid was actually giving a pretty good visual performance he looked genuinely mama, really upset i want to but see mama. the voice was like yeah it's it pretty was bad. like 50 year old mama <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was the only part that was like shitty otherwise like i don't really care if the voice sound doesn't sync up with their lips if the whole film kind of feels that way anyway it like the it's right. it's pretty consistent if it was like you know, I've criticized movies where it's like, okay, there's one line that was clearly dubbed, and it's very obvious. But in a film where, you know, it's so consistent throughout, it's just a part of the style for me. I don't really, I'm not bothered by it in the slightest. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it gets less and less noticeable as the films go on. I think by the time you get to Good, Bad, and Ugly, it's in the extended version there are there are some pretty bad scenes actually, but I think in the in the normal one, it's it's pretty solid. Have you ever heard the song Frontier Psychiatrist by the Avalanches? I haven't, no. Oh, I know the Avalanches, but I, I don't know that one off the top of my Good head. Good song. I definitely, I'm pretty fucking sure that they sampled some of the horse noises from this film. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah. That track sampled so many <laughs> different things sense. that, like, you can't even hear the original anymore legally. They had to change so much of it because of <laughs> copyright issues because they sampled oh, so God. much shit. But I think oh. the original version's on YouTube. There's a cool, cool music video for it. Yeah, as far as a fistful of dollars is concerned, I mean, I, I don't have that much more to say about it compared to the others because, again, it is so simple and it, it's. It, I do like it a lot. It's not one I'm going to revisit time and time again, but I do like that I've watched it and I do enjoy mm-hmm. the experience from it despite yeah. its overall simplicity. It's a classic, super entertaining. Yeah, yeah and yeah. given how like cheap it was made for and the resources they had and you know made in italy <laughs> it, they exactly, actually did a yeah. really good job and like the criticisms minor like some shots minorly out of focus uh some mm-hmm. shots you know the bad dubbing <laughs> but that doesn't take me out of it at all because i i know what it takes to like do something like this in 19 mm-hmm. was 1964 yeah yeah so you know it's pretty yeah, we impressive forget how long ago that actually was <laughs> yeah pretty cool that they, like they they filmed all this stuff they probably couldn't even monitor like what they were filming they had to wait to like process the negatives and then and you, you can know, tell I, from I don't some know of what the they were using that like the health and safety standards were, were probably quite different yeah. too oh yeah people are doing really dangerous shit in these movies yeah it makes it exciting but god i, I, I think the eli wallach almost died fucking like three times <laughs> making good bad and the ugly yeah uh, but you know they they love their art that's what they did it for. You gotta respect it. They they saw a tree in someone's yard that was like kind of old and kind of dying-ish. And they were like, oh, that would be perfect for the, you know, to, to hang the noose on. So they they disguised themselves and illegally uprooted the tree. And the guy came out of his, his house and was like, what are you doing? And they were like, well, no, we're the, we're the highway patrol. And this tree is dangerous and could fall into the highway so we're removing it we're from the government doing this and he was like okay and then they just took the tree and uprooted it and used it in the movie 
<laughs> that's awesome i really like stuff like that yeah <laughs> that's that's good filmmaking i love i love just like trying to find any means necessary to to get your art done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah even if some works some questionable morals in there but it's always a good good story especially for a successful movie that actually works always sucks when it's like a shit movie it's like oh you did you did this for a shit movie mm-hmm. Like someone gets injured on set, like permanently. It's like, wow, for this movie, fuck. Yeah, broke my yeah. back for <laughs> worst film ever. Jared Leto sent his cast members a pig, dead pig. He's whatever. such a prankster. <laughs> He's like the real yeah. Joker. He sent worse as yeah. well too, didn't he? The real I Joker feel bad for the cast pranker. members <laughs> for that movie. They had to be subjected to that. Yeah, he sent a dead pig. That was just one hundred percent marketing. <laughs> it's like Jared Leto had to like what, up himself. What does that add at all to anything? It's it's a fucking clickbait story, is what it adds to market the movie. Because like the <laughs> other the performance, he has to one up Heath Ledger, who like died <laughs> being the Joker. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm gonna be crazy all the yeah. time, even when I'm not filming. Also, send Margot Robbie I'm a, a pranker, and she was probably like, okay. Yeah, just <laughs> probably like zero reaction. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I give uh, Fistful of Dollars seven out of ten. <laughs> I'm right with you, Ralph. I give it a 7 okay. out of 10, too. Okay. Crazy. I give this movie a Maybe. 7 out of 10. Whoa. Damn, boy. expecting that, but okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what were you expecting I might me? be leaning toward an 8 because of my nostalgia, but I think 7 is probably closer to like a more objective, yeah. like, I guess, score. Uh, anyway, the next one, what is it? A few dollars more? For Four. A few dollars it's also got dollars. dollars For a few dollars more. Five. Um, and yes. It's Clint Eastwood being a badass again. He goes to a town and he meets Lee Van Cleef, who's like another kind of bounty it's hunter, even gunslinger. Mm-hmm. And they shoot a bunch of people and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do we think of yeah, this one? I love this one. <laughs> yeah, I love <laughs> this added one. Just, an, just enough kind of uh, twists and turns and elements that the, the first movie was kind of lacking for me. Like They, right. they, they develop uh, the villain a bit more. They tie the motivation between this new bounty hunter character and the villain together quite nicely in a reveal I didn't fully expect. Mm-hmm. It's just the a lot of, in this lots one's of fun like actions. Really good. And I yeah. think like I love Good, Bad, and the Ugly, but I think that movie is more about the Civil War than it is like a classic yeah. Western. I think this one is the best Western all around. Like everything yeah. you'd want out of, out of a Western. Even the scene where they're like having the gun slinging match with their hats and they're like shooting yes. each other's hats off in the air. Like that scene is fucking hysterical and entertaining and there's not it's a word awesome. of dialogue and it's no music or anything. It's great. It's very, like, so many, very goofy. So many, yes, but it's so many great, fully realized scenes in it that are just maximum entertainment. <laughs> so this one was my least favorite out of the three. No way. Okay. 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 Let's get into <laughs> this. Um, what about um? What about this one? Then was weaker for you? I just like, yeah. There are some changes for sure. You know, different character dynamics to a degree. They did flesh out the villain more, and I was pretty into it for the first however long. Couldn't even tell you. And then just like I just wasn't as invested. I don't think, you know, the the music was still great. It wasn't as iconic of music as the first or third film like the themes in both of those are so incredibly iconic that even in the third sure. film they wound up reusing at the end the the theme from the first film i believe that's what i remember hearing anyway 
the the comical aspects of this movie personally i didn't feel as though they meshed as well as in the third movie i feel like they complemented the tone so much better in the third movie whereas in the second movie it was like almost kind of conflicting so when we do get to the point where they're shooting each other's hats and it's hysterical it's it's hilarious but it's it it feels like almost out of place in this movie where i feel like the the tone was just so much better and and consistent and fleshed out in like the third and the first this one's kind of like this midway point where it just it it almost feels like it's arguing with itself in a way that's my experience anyway and i just like i wasn't as invested in the story really I, I like the goofiness. <laughs> I love goofy shit. Yeah, I like the goofiness. But I see your point because th- <laughs> yeah, that hat so. scene is in the same movie where there's yeah. like a rape suicide. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can understand yeah. where you're coming from. It, it feels conflicting in ways. And, in, and then in other ways, it's like... So the third film, obviously, as you said, it's more about the Civil War. It's going for something completely different. This film feels like it's almost just trying to like, okay, let's just do... The first movie again kind of and yeah there are differences but like when you see things like the ending climax scene right where i'm just unfortunately i can only compare it to the first one where the first idea the setup for it although sure cheesy and like i said he's so cocky he could have just got shot in the head and that doesn't make sense but i felt like the tension and the overall (laughs) feel like the emotional impact of the the climactic scene in the first film was just so much better realized. And this one just almost felt like it was just trying to like capture that same energy, but it really didn't for me. Just just like yeah, uh, Clint gives the other guy I'm on the inverse for that one because of the that reveal of the bounty hunter revealing that it's his sister and that it's all it's like a mm-hmm. revenge tale actually added another layer that the first movie didn't have for me anyway. Yeah. I just I wasn't yeah. I, when when that was revealed, I didn't really care. I just wasn't into it. <laughs> Were you not into the new guy? Um, I mean, I the I thought that uh, he was great in the third movie, but I just wasn't into the character that much in the second. I liked that he was there. I did think it added like an interesting, fresh dynamic. But after a while, it just felt a bit stale for me. Just felt right. like kind of stagnant. yeah. I, I liked the, the, it was the dynamic that kept me going throughout the whole thing. I just always liked the kind of older, wiser character being paired with the younger, more cocky, more brash one. This just, this just yeah. always works for me. I thought Lee Van Cleef and them together were great. It reminded me of Indiana Jones and his dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um, so so like there's various aspects of all three of these films that have been that have showed up in pop culture and been parodied to death. Yeah. And in the first and third film, what I'm seeing is more like specific, like, okay, people have parodied these exact scenes in these exact sort of shots. Whereas like in this one, what I found to be parody level wasn't necessarily like something specific. It was just, it was just like, wow, the way this scene is cut together is just (laughs) comical in ways that I, it was confusing whether or not the film was in on the joke. Like when they do the, uh, the, the bounty poster, like I love that cut from laughing to the laughing bounty poster thing. But then sometime right mm-hmm. after that, the, uh, the faces and the gunshot sound effects with each cut where it's like, pew, 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 pew. It was like, it was so cheesy. I couldn't, uh, 
like there, there's definitely a, a comical aspect to it. I just like it was, it 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 felt conflicting with so much of the rest of the film's tone. You know, it was so yeah. over the top. It's something that that felt like it would it would be perfectly appropriate with no changes made in like the new uh, outlaw Johnny Black film that's coming out at some point. That like Black Dynamite Western parody. Like you could change mm. nothing about it, and then all of a sudden it's like a mockery of it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I I think what Ralph said kind of explains it best for me. Where this is the one that just feels like the the western you'd expect, and that's that was just a valuable thing to me. Um, I didn't fully get it from the first movie because it didn't have as much kind of going on and the the depth of the characters and yeah, which yeah. is like the, the most simple form. I like it. It kind of elaborated on everything I liked in the first one. Yeah, I loved the realized. simplicity mm-hmm. of the first one though. Yeah. I thought yeah. the simplicity was I, like I a really good too. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like each one on their own. I think they all mm-hmm. work. And yeah, I'm not calling this kind a of bad the same movie or anything. Oh, no, no, not at all. Even Good, Bad, and the Ugly Ends was just a gun draw, kind of similar to the... It's definitely the most elaborate and longest of, of all three. But And even the Once Upon a Time in the West and all of his westerns end like the same way. I, I, found, I found that like so much of my notes for this are just like parts that kind of irritated me not to say that there wasn't <laughs> anything like substantive in it but like just the uh-huh. parts that stuck out enough for me to like actually jot a note down yeah i just yeah. thought it was very enjoyable goofy western yeah it's just so much fun from beginning yeah. to end i had, I had a great time did yeah. you did you notice that the man's poker hand was 69 kkk <laughs> No, that I did funny. not. Oh. That, that, that probably wasn't intentional. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not an not argument that. against the movie. That was just something, obviously. Very weird. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just it it feels the comical parts in this movie. They're they're memorable, but they they feel like almost kind of like artificial to me. Where it's just like mm-hmm. he just let he just l- lets him shoot the hat off of his head and it's just so weird like it goes to pick it up like eight <laughs> times and it's like it just felt like what is this going for at the time because it just keeps yeah. jumping back and forth between like more serious elements and then just like so over the top that i just i just didn't think it it meshed together well i know i'm in the minority here i've looked at the imdb ratings people seem to consistently rate the films higher as they go i just like this is this is the least effective one for me. Yeah, and I don't want to make I don't want to make excuses for it either or anything. I just didn't really mind that the drastic change in tone at all. Yeah, it's very yeah. Italian, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's very Italian, and for him, he's probably a fucking nut, Sergio Leone. So <laughs> yeah, I don't it's know. Just like these crazy experimental things he would do, like the cutting and the weird angles and. But sometimes it would really work and make something iconic. So when he tries yeah. something and it doesn't really work or it's like comes across as like maybe that's a little too far. Like the stuff with the the, the backstory with the daughter or whatever. Um, still, I guess, an entertaining experience throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Like there's a lot of South Korean films that do a really great job at, at throwing mm-hmm. in a bunch of different tones and it all meshes together really well. Like Parasite is like a multi-genre movie. Mm-hmm in a way and yeah. it just it works together so well whereas like this it just kind of felt like like make up your mind in a way for me <laughs> it just wasn't yeah engaged i guess in the same i guess way. things like that that hat moment did, didn't bother me because it, it does have a, a purpose in the story it is mm-hmm. conveying a character's skill through just showing what they're able to do you know they did that a few times 
there, there's a bunch of those though. They're like shooting apples off the trees and shit. You know, like every every yeah, single time get someone gets shot, it's it's just one of the main characters being like pew pew pew, can't touch this. You know, <laughs> it, it it went on for so long. It went on for so long that one that one sequence. It's probably my favorite sequence of the film. If I were to rewatch anything, it would be the hat, <laughs> the hat shooting off part. But I just so did, didn't think it complimented. Did you not enjoy the, the whole of the aspect well. of the like undercover bounty hunter? Because I, I really liked that kind of thing of him sneaking into the gang and like working together and playing yeah. the sides and all that. Yeah, I'm, it was it was there. I'm glad that they changed things up a bit, and it wasn't literally just a carbon copy of the the first film but i i wasn't so invested or into it that it really helped my experience all that much and i guess even for all three of these films i don't think i'm watching any one of them completely unironically like super into the story and characters i don't think i'm getting that from any i, I mean to some degree yes but i the majority of my entertainment and experience and appreciation for it is I, I guess just like the the artistic choices the music obviously you know those sequences with the mm-hmm. you know shots of, of close-up shots of their faces and some of the set pieces and you know some of the I guess you could say gags but I just there was so much of just the story elements I guess in this one which is like the part I'm least engaged in Right. Of these films. That explains so it that's probably why that's, that's what I was kind of hoping for out of the first one a bit more was a bit more story with a couple of you know twists and turns to yeah keep you engaged and that's what I got out of for a few dollars more as opposed to the the first movie yeah, yeah. a lot more going on that makes sense though it's not just your jumbo yeah. <laughs> you're right about the music though yeah because uh, like I really remember the yeah. first and third themes, yeah I'd agree but, with like that. the second one I'm like eh. <laughs> yeah and it's good music i remember being like wow i yeah. dig this score but it's certainly not anywhere near as iconic as the the themes for the first and third film sure like, everybody's heard those songs a billion times it's yeah so it's pop culture i watched it on blu-ray how'd you guys watch it i also watched it iTunes. on blu-ray iTunes. <laughs> yeah got the blu-ray yeah so it looked great for a film so old looked really good oh yeah, yeah. Very they should do a 4K release. Uh, it's shot all outside mostly in the sun, so you know, like just it looks awesome. You know, it's yeah. so gritty and dirty, yeah. and all the yeah. sweat beads everyone has. Is, right, yeah, sweaty, yeah, very immersive. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's why Clint Eastwood was squinting the entire time. Is just the sun. <laughs> that's what he said. Apparently, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like this is a character yeah. attribute that was just created uh-huh. <laughs> just because of that. They didn't have sunglasses back then. They, they weren't no, invented. They, they probably did. <laughs> they probably didn't have really nice like Ray Bans, you know, back then. But... Yeah. Yeah. I just the some memorable parts from the second movie, but like just I got so much more of an experience out of the other two. Mm-hmm. I don't really have it also too has much more to say about it. The same villain as the first one. It's the same actor, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a different character again. Uh completely different backstory. But same actor. <laughs> yeah, it felt like they were doing <laughs> the, the same, same villain again, but like fleshed out more yeah you know, right that kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah i'm glad we got more from the villain original story mm-hmm. like That's let's take this like kind of cartoony it. villain and we'll give him a little bit more dimension i mean he's still a piece of shit you still want to yeah. get his comeuppets from the good guy but yeah you, you at least get where he's coming from or give him you give him some scenes on his own 
there's a part in the movie where it's like felt like it was a weird editing choice the uh there's a place I know about Agua Caliente and then immediate cut here we are Agua Caliente it's like <laughs> yeah that was interesting it's like you, it's I don't know like, it, it's moment. just a, it's just a personal preference thing I guess but it's mm-hmm. like I don't know just have a fade maybe have a shot of them walk like you know on their journey just like one shot and then imply passage of time yeah it's not the most effective kind of smash cut yeah it just feels really like parody one, level like, again ugly. but it, <laughs> it doesn't seem super aware a lot of the the parody level trying to be a cool western yeah crazy auteur i mean either that or they just like forgot to film a shot and like i don't know <laughs> couldn't Did they have you. more money for this film or i think this one was filmed before the american release of the first one right yeah there was something strange about that yeah because the american one or the american release of the first film wasn't until like several years after the italian release and they just decided in marketing to kind of tie it together (laughs) like you said nothing within the movies really ties it to any other movie why not because it's clearly going for something similar. It's clearly market. It, yeah. It's made for the same audience. So if you like that yeah. movie, watch these two movies because they're basically the same thing. But not. Mr. Poncho Man. <laughs> Mr. Poncho Man goes on an adventure, but it's slightly better. Shoots a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it shoots a lot of hats. They might shoot more hats than people in this trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, it's more of a budget. Six hundred thousand dollars. The, okay. the original one, I think, was two hundred fifty thousand. Obviously adjusted for inflation. Yeah, uh, I think that does make sense. To be honest, it, it yeah. does look better than the first movie. They got some more horses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They eat up so much of the budget. Yeah, I guess so. Lots of hay. Yeah, uh, like this one a lot. Super goofy and entertaining. Do you want to give a rating? Yes. Uh, okay, Let's we're all it. good. I'll give it an eight out of ten. Yep. I'm, I'm the same. This is an 8 out of 10 for me as well. Exactly yeah. what I want out of a Western like this. Just a cool revenge story. I like the gang aspect and the, the heist, the, the bank robbery stuff. I love all that kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving this one a 6 out of 10. Meme meme <laughs> answer, but yeah. also my real answer. <laughs> I laughed because the way you said it, you said it just like how you wouldn't like a video. Yeah. yeah. Me. <laughs> With the exact like yeah. inflection. Good Good movie. There's a lot to appreciate about it, but just didn't didn't work for me in the same way that the yeah. other two did. Yeah. Too much I couldn't couldn't get into, unfortunately. But glad it exists either way. Yeah, it's part enough. of the trilogy. Okay, so the final film in the trilogy, The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Uh, it's all the same people. Clint Eastwood's a badass again. The most iconic thing from this movie is the the song. <laughs> Which is like literally when I think Western, that's what I yeah. think, and I think yeah. everyone has heard that or thought of it, or you know, at some point, nobody hasn't heard that song. <laughs> Just that, yeah. yeah. Honestly, is there so, any like a specific example that that comes from? Like, how does everyone know that song? It's is just that, been like in the Simpsons or something so much in pop culture. Yeah. Like people, people use that in in a you know, if you're going to parody like a, a Western, you, yeah. you use that song. <laughs> Even if you're doing a parody of that, but it's not even really a Western setting and you just have like close up shots of two characters in their faces, you just use that song like it's been done a billion times, like pop culture. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing as like just knowing just everything about osmosis, Star Wars, yeah. even though you haven't seen Star Wars sort of thing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing soundtrack. Really, really energetic, really fun. It adds to the experience so much. 
great energy to it. And also, like, I don't know. I haven't heard every song ever, so I don't know how much this statement is true. But, like, I'm getting the impression that, like, this score in particular is was pretty groundbreaking, like, in, in terms of, like, creatively, like, what it was doing. Like, it, there are mm-hmm. sounds that, like, would potentially just sound really annoying and unappealing, but they really work. Like having that, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like kind of goofy in a way. And I think that also adds to why this song has been used in so many different circumstances and especially comedic parody circumstances is like there is a goofy element to the soundtrack, too. And that also helps the tone of the film, it, it, like in, in many different ways. Like not only is it energetic and like epic and exciting, but that tiny little goofy element to the soundtrack that doesn't ruin the tone or experience of the film it gives you those clues to be like okay yes they are going for a bit of a comedic tone in this as well i mean if the the film itself already didn't communicate that but it just makes it that much more clear yeah when they introduce yeah. tuco the, the ugly they play yeah it, and it's, yeah, like it's a so great good. comedic moment the freeze frame it's yeah. so appropriate it's one of those things where it's mm-hmm. like you it, you're watching it and then you're like, okay, well, obviously, this is why this movie is so well known and renowned. Like, it's it's, it's part obvious. Of the story, it's too. so obvious. Yeah, there's a yeah. there's a scene. A Civil War band is playing. There's a guy with a flute who's like crying, <laughs> which I was mm-hmm. laughing at. It was pretty funny, but like, ironically, I was laughing at it. It was like a really emotional moment. I was like yeah, shocked. I think, I think as the most <laughs> yeah. to say out of the three by far. Um, yeah, I think as the most going on with the. Uh, not only just the overall kind of satirizing those old kind of John Wayne type westerns that mm-hmm. romanticize violence, and here you've got these all these characters that are rooted in violence, and they're they're more anti heroes than it being, you know, the good yeah. cowboy going around and killing everyone. It's more complex, and they play with the my, my, one of my favorite like hooks to the story was just the dynamic between the good and the ugly. With yeah, the way they had that little con going, like I didn't expect that at all going into it for like that, that multiple layered re- reveal that developed over the movie and their relationship and how they just kind of torture each other and they're just horrible to each other. Yeah, <laughs> but they need to stay together because yeah. they have information that because yeah. you know, they want that fucking money. It's two hundred thousand. They try to the kill each other several movie. times, <laughs> but yeah. in ways where it's like sadistic. It's not just like, oh, oh I'm really shooting you. It's like, nah, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to make you walk around uh, in the desert and pass out you. and then shoot yeah. you. I'll uh-huh. leave you hanging here. All this shit. The scene where he's like about to hang Clint Eastwood and then there's like a cannonball or something yeah. and yeah, the floor yeah. gives out. I thought that was clever too. That was a really the floor cool giving out effect. Under, yeah, it was. But that even was just writing, like instead of the floor giving out under Clint Eastwood, like how it would be in that time when the floor gave out, it was under the other character doing it. It's like, oh, that's like a clever fucking thing that you should yeah. put in there. And there's so much shit like that. Yeah, the stunts yeah. in general are very impressive. I, we mentioned it earlier with the the train sequence where he jumps out of the carriage and then kills the guy really brutally, but puts his chain onto the train track and then the whole train drives over. And apparently, it was such a dangerous stunt. If um if he like got up from his lying down position, it would have decapitated him. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, yeah, like yeah, they really did go the, all the way for this one. That that under the train part was like pretty brutal. I loved it. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. Yeah, because he like the yeah, body same. like clips on the bottom of the train. It like gets snagged and like that was really cool. 
That was yeah, dope. it's not like bloody, but yeah. <laughs> the whole film is pretty gruesome. There's like the part where they execute the guy in the street, like the soldiers, and they put him in yeah. a coffin. Like there was a big theme of the movie, just mortality and death. I mean, the graveyard at the end. They and the futility of out. war. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Just this barren yeah. fucking wasteland of people just murdering each other. It must have been such an awful time to live in. And it's glorified in this movie, but mm-hmm. obviously there's, Do you think there's so? something more picking at it, too. Um well, glorify the sense it's like it. that the movie is entertainment. You know, obviously, yeah, I, yeah. Would, I wouldn't okay. want to be a cowboy in the West because it would actually be horrible. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if I was yeah. Clint Eastwood in the West, it'd probably be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, if you if you yeah, were just so fucking badass that you can just yeah. shoot everyone's head off at a distance, like fucking yeah, the movies don't glorify violence or anything. Yeah, there's they're, that moment where tasteful. Clint Eastwood himself like acknowledges like, wow, this is like a real waste of life right now. <laughs> so it's like the film directly directly acknowledging like the kind of anti-war slant yeah definitely there wasn't there wasn't that much that i didn't like about this at all i mean like it was so insignificant just like mm-hmm. yeah looking at my notes there was like a f- kind of fake looking practical effect with the the backhand hit after clint gets his face spit on i was like but you didn't even connect all right sort of thing but yeah everything else about the movie is just like Really great. And even like, you know, the the second movie has that I was complaining about the um, sort of mishmash of conflicting tones and using the uh, hat shooting scene in the second movie as, as an example. But in this movie, it's like they're doing it right away. And as you said, Ralph, like the 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 titles at the beginning were the ugly guy just bursts through the window with a fucking mm-hmm. turkey leg. It's like, OK, it's so clear what this movie is and it always has like a fun energetic tone it never gets like way too serious it never gets like way too over dramatic mm-hmm. it's all it's it's a really nice fairly consistent tone throughout it doesn't yeah. feel it really takes its time it's like a good pace to it the scenes yeah. on their own are really good it feels just they don't even get to the gold till like an hour into the movie i, I mm-hmm. think they don't even mention it but just like their relationship of tuco and and uh clint eastwood that that kept me going for that first hour. Mm-hmm. It's just how entertaining that was. Yeah. No, the way they kind of weave in the the civil war aspect without it being the main focus, I think, really mm-hmm. helps that tone work because yeah. it, it, it's it's not really a war movie. It's still very much a western with a war like kind of in the background with them just problem solving. Like we got to get there, but there's like a conflict right in the middle. We got to do something, otherwise we're not going to be filthy rich. You know, going mm-hmm. back to this greed thing. It's just all about greed and money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, actually a prequel to this movie because he gets his poncho at the end that he wears. Yeah, like, I mean, oh, yeah. In, in, if you yeah, want to, yeah. if if they're in the same timeline, <laughs> yeah. if we want to, to have that. Which is, <laughs> if just, you want to believe that. Yeah. I mean, you to mention it. <laughs> I, I don't have any issue with it, but yeah, the, the I was wondering the entire <laughs> time, I'm like, where's his fucking poncho? And then, mm-hmm. you know, they give him the poncho at the end. And it's one of those things that like, now you see those moments in in films, like in Marvel movies, where it's like Captain America's back. He like stands out from like oh, right, com- yeah. comes into the light from the darkness. And the, what they're going for in modern films, they're definitely going for this whole like, okay, everybody clap right now, sort of thing. And it feels so much more, well, so much Boba less Fett genuine, right? Whereas in this movie, it's yeah. like I don't know, it's like far back enough of the timeline that I don't I don't feel like anything. Uh, it seems a bit more sincere in a way where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is for the Maybe fans. Maybe it's us but it's kind of like having nostalgia for it too. 
Yeah, because this is an older film. We're just kind of viewing it like that. We have yeah, nostalgia maybe. for that era, maybe. But at the time, the character I mean, people really connected like, with this stuff. Yeah, the the main character is cool and cocky, though. He's just he's charming and likable, and like the way he interacts with people in such a suave way, like breaking an egg and cooking it next to him, mm-hmm. and just talking to him. It's yeah. just lots of uh, personality, I think, and it's it's like that everyone wants to be him type character. It's like, man, I wish mm-hmm. I was cool as that guy in the yeah. poncho over there. It's a real dad movie. Absolutely, movie for dads. <laughs> it's a real dad movie. It is. <laughs> I think my it's dad loves these everyone. movies. <laughs> That's just what I'm basing yeah. it off of. <laughs> The whole set piece with like the desert and how they use it twice in this like constant it feels mm-hmm. like kind of like a cat and mouse game almost where they're constantly one upping each other. L and light in Death Note or whatever, just <laughs> different, yeah. obviously. One's got the upper hand at one moment and then the other one does. It it made its it, it was just a really fun and interesting and engaging film. Yeah. And Tuco was my favorite character, I think. I Tuco think the movie was very be funny. Yeah. So very much personality. Different. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, watchable. Their sadistic back and forth is very funny. Yeah. It's, it's also cruel, but you're like, oh, that's pretty... It, you can't help but laugh at it. Yeah. Like, and how he just, like, pretends to start liking him <laughs> when, mm-hmm. just for money alone. It's like, yeah, that's Yeah, how character. his motivations change. He'll he'll go with whoever save him. he needs to. I don't yeah. know what he I'd no do without spine. him. He's my best friend. Yeah. And then Lee Van Cleef is in... Who's in the last one as yeah. well is the bad guy in this he's just you know straight up murders innocent people fucking doesn't give a shit you know hires other people to work for him he's just you know bastard in every way and that was interesting (laughs) i really liked that yeah i love the idea of killing two people that both hired you to kill each other and following through That was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> it's such yeah. a good way to establish his character. Yeah, yeah that's how much this of an film has so much personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's over the top in ways, but doesn't feel like it pushes it too far. It feels appropriate for the film. Yeah, I found it had a like weird kind of sense of morality, I guess, with who they're established. Like, obviously, the bad characters worse than the other two, but I don't know if I don't know if I'd call Clint Eastwood's character good. Right, like, him. Yeah, yeah when either. when when he gets fucked over in the desert, all I'm thinking is like, yeah, you kind of earned it. You kind of did screw that guy mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Like working with him while like swindling the townspeople, having this whole operation where you pretend to like, we, you you get the money for the, the bounty and then just take him back and, and shoot the rope <laughs> yeah. and shoot everyone's hats off. Like, bye-bye. It's like, <laughs> good. Good character. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah, I guess he's I think just, it's self-aware, he's, definitely. Yeah. Out of the three, I suppose he's the good. Yeah. He's <laughs> the most characters. good. The, the right. title yeah. wouldn't work as well if it was the morally neutral, bad and the ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's saying something about the time period, too, that everyone yeah. back then was just a bastard. And that's what you had to be that's to true. survive in that time. I mean, Clint Eastwood, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't... He, he tortures Tuco, too. <laughs> like, he does horrible things to him. He doesn't that, kill him, though. I think, like, I a think hero a today in a movie today, I would be like, yeah, why would he do that? That's like, yeah. that's what a bad guy would do. <laughs> he, I don't think uh, he ever acts in a way that isn't character. out of self-interest throughout the film. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, he's greedy. He wants money. Yeah. Like, he, that's the whole point of what he's doing. That says something about guys back then. And also the, the fantasy element of it, too. 
Uh, also, mm-hmm. maybe like you know, because the, the time was the gold rush, and everyone was just rushing to the west so they could accumulate a fortune. And most people found nothing and ended up, you know, just living in shacks and yeah. <laughs> shooting each other. And it's a kind of a comment on that, like this constant greed that led nowhere. It just led to their 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 death, mm-hmm. to their graves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally to a graveyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you could interpret from that. I found the production to be so impressive, though. Going back mm-hmm. to the scale of it, the, the, some of those sets like blew me away. The, yeah, that the, graveyard the, set, the uh, yeah, that, the, the, the bridge blowing up was awesome. Yeah, the bridge in the army camp that they uh-huh. show. It's just so many extras a and lot details. Of people, yeah, and they were like yeah. running down a hill. It was epic shit. Uh, yeah, they had to blow up the bridge twice. I think they fucked oh, it up wow. the first time. <laughs> yeah, part it of that language every camera, barrier, didn't it? Yeah, I, I don't uh-huh. know what happened, but you know. <laughs> That's what happens when you guys, you have guys speaking English, Italian, you know, they have no coordination. <laughs> I guess back then they didn't have good radio technology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even know how they did it. It's shocking uh-huh. there aren't more deaths involved with films from this kind of time working yeah. in these bombastic genres. Mm-hmm. It'll probably sure be we'll fine. Talk about a few films in the future that people died and died making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah it, they it's exist. happened these films especially back then they were just very dangerous and i guess they just didn't care there were no no protections for the yeah there was no standards there's no protection for these actors they just didn't even know what they were doing really uh i don't know how they made this shit yeah just go live by the train desert (laughs) going out in the desert like how do you go out in the desert without air conditioning and like lots of tents and like that's what actors do now. Like Leo, when he did the Revenant, I know that's not the desert, but mm-hmm. they they probably had a nice setup for him when he wasn't filming the movie, so he was nice and warm. Yeah. Um, and and I just don't know how they did it back then because it must have fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just and yeah. the, the shooting days were much longer too because the film technology and all that. They really gave it their all. They they did so much mm-hmm. more with this, and it it feels very justified. The mm-hmm. larger scale and you know increased ambition it doesn't feel like it's just trying too hard it feels like it works really well mm-hmm. i love the emotions in the the scene where tuco's getting beaten up and they have the the army band playing or whatever mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. like the, the tone the and the juxtaposition between what's happening visually and what the tone of the music is going for i love shit like that i love experiencing like unique emotions for a film and I felt like I got a lot mm. of those watching this one. It didn't feel like it was just doing the same thing again. I still thought the flute guy was funny. The, the mm. guy crying. It was just so over yeah. the top. <laughs> it works for the scene. It's like, it was just so emotional. These peaks and valleys are of emotion. Like they're, it's so over the top, the, the movie. I, I think it's funny. And mm-hmm. it, it just works for the tone of it too. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I'm laughing at it I'm, as much. I'm just, it just works. It's just its own thing. It does have a know? good sense of humor. Yeah, it has a sense of humor too. Yeah, the uh, the graveyard scene with the the score booming and the camera swinging around. It, it is epic, yeah. dude. It, it's so yeah. dramatic and impactful. Yeah, and then, and, and yeah. It, when it he's like yelling, builds at up, the it end. gets faster as the music builds up. Yeah, and like no movies ever, I think, tried that sense. If they have, it's not as good because there's no topping it. There's no. Yeah, you know, it's such got, a genius idea. Yeah, got three of the greatest Western actors, and like the greatest composer and the greatest director, making that scene, and it's like awesome. It's so mm-hmm. perfect. I think that's like the last half hour of the movie is just that yeah. part, which is why it's so long. 
but it needs to be the the tension is perfect the way it builds up to everything yeah yeah it it was it was one of the more satisfying ways that it could have ended too i would have been a little bit disappointed Mm -hmm. if he just like if he left tuco to die because i like the character but at the same time i don't know I'd never seen it before. It it could have gone either way. I wasn't just thinking in my head like, oh, yeah, he'll definitely come. But it wasn't predictable. And so that also added to Mm -hmm. it so that when we do get the payoff at the end, there's some sort of satisfaction to it rather than just constantly being ahead of the film. And, you know, how he yells Mm -hmm. at the end in that huge echo, the sound design with that and the music at the same time. And just like the, the, the level of the performance that Tuco gives is like it. It's all so perfect. It's a really great way to end the movie. Very satisfying. I'm going to double check the length of like the extended cut versus the other one. Because I just yeah, want to make I sure it's right. I don't know if there's a huge I think it's about amount. 30 minutes or so. Yeah. You seem to enjoy it still quite a lot, even though you watched the extended. Yeah, I'd actually be really interested to watch the other one now and see if, if it is better than they say. But mm-hmm. Did you feel like it dragged on at any point or what? Honestly, no. Yeah, I was I was so into the story and the plot progression of it all. Uh, it, it was really working for me, and without knowing the difference, you know, it's hard to truly know on a first viewing. Like I had no idea there were even different cuts. Like yeah, you know, it, it's impossible to keep track. Like <laughs> every other movie we recommend happens <laughs> to have like some random cut that like, yeah. just never heard of. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so crazy. So the original Italian version of the movie was almost three hours long. Okay. It was trimmed by 16 minutes for a total of 2 hours and 41 minutes for its international release, which was the version everywhere outside Italy. So, I guess watch the 2 hour 40 minute one. <laughs> is, the, is the original Italian version the extended one or is that a different cut? Is the extended one yeah. like... Uh, I, I think I that's no the idea. extended one. The original Italian version is the extended cut. Yeah. Okay. That's the one that's, th- that's like... Yeah, I was confused long, about it. Okay. Even that's not that bad. 3 hours. No, yeah. honestly, it wasn't that noticeable. Yeah. No. Uh, it's so entertaining. I didn't care at all. Mm-hmm. I just mentioned it because people were like, "Oh!" But really, most of the length is that uh, shootout at the end, <laughs> I mean, yeah. which is awesome. It's incredible. At this point, we've seen like four-hour-long movies, so yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. The only part of the movie that I felt was like a little slow was right, just like leading into the uh, at the beginning, the the shooting in the kitchen, but. By the time the shooting happened, I was like, well, that's such a fucking good payoff that it doesn't really matter, you know? Like, I could watch it again knowing that that will happen, and it's probably not going to bother me at all. And it, you know, it helped to build the tension in a way. Didn't just want it to just go straight to the scene and then have that shooting happen, so it made sense. Mm -hmm. I love the costumes. Costumes are just great. Oh, so and good. considering mm-hmm. like it's an Italian movie, they were actually pretty good, like with the accuracy of the soldiers and everything. It's probably what they wore. It seemed pretty good. I went to a museum, like a Western museum, and they had some of the shit from the movie. I'm like, oh, looks oh, like cool. looks about like what they'd have back then compared to the other stuff in this museum. So, mm-hmm. you know, they did a good job with that too. Yeah. I think it would have been a little better if they'd filmed these movies in uh America. Or for some shots anyway. Yeah. Because you know, just yeah, because you can tell it's just like a desert in Spain. <laughs> yeah, because that's what it is. It's a desert in Spain. There's no like noticeable landmarks of of the West at all, or canyons, or like the geography of the West. You know, which is not just the desert. It's not just sand. It's like canyons and 
mm-hmm. uh, the Grand Canyon. It's like this big right, fucking yeah. you know, hole. <laughs> like, I think all that stuff would have been cool to see and use. And they use it in like he's used it in his later movies. It's interesting. He just makes so many movies about America, even though he's just an Italian guy and they're they're not shot in America. <laughs> yeah, usually it's probably uh-huh. cheaper. It's cheaper, right? It's like the Italian American experience, I guess. But yeah. it, 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 you know, it, these movies are iconic. Yeah. So can't say it ever yeah, took me out impact. of the film for you know the mm-hmm. geography. But yeah, yeah, I'm just a dumb Brit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. about geography. I've just seen these so many times. That, you know, it would yeah. have been nice. I think there have been westerns since that like utilize the geography a lot. I think the Coen Brothers shot like their movies in the west right or like actually in america you know probably mm-hmm. like they gotta look up like where, where true grit was but they go in like the woods there's like other stuff aside from just you know sand mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, i would appreciate that it's like minor complaint yeah yeah you got to get into nitpick territory for <laughs> talking about this movie if you want to bring up real critiques mm-hmm. yeah i think we pretty much covered everything a lot of what we talked yeah. about in the mm-hmm. previous films was like applicable here too. There's some that were just general. Have you general guys seen any westerns? Three. Yeah, have you seen any westerns from like America at that time, like John Wayne movies, like the original True Grit, and that kind of? No, not really. There's a bunch I need to watch for sure. There <laughs> might be some that I have that seen and that I'm just forgetting about, but um, I, <laughs> western is definitely a genre that I have not seen a lot of. Yeah. Like those yeah. to me seem dated, like the John Wayne yeah. ones and all that, because they're like those are like glorifying the West and these kind of people. I think the Italian ones, the, the spaghetti westerns, had a big impact because they feel more, they're like grittier, and these characters are more unlikable, and there's like something about it, with the music and how everything came together that connected with people more mm-hmm. and aged better. Than, and this like, one has commentary. Yeah. yeah than like the rest of these junk westerns that were made by Hollywood at the time where like John Lynch just shot a bunch of people or you know some of them they were just like he was shooting Indians and (laughs) it's It's like like, all that stuff is dated it's totally dated right and Trigger at the 2010 one was shot in New Mexico okay I saw El Topo but that's not really (laughs) it's not really one Mm -hmm. (laughs) El Topo it's it's (laughs) not quite the same (laughs) western in quotation marks uh huh another crazy director Supposedly, the critical reception when uh, Bad and Ugly originally came out was fairly mixed for this sort of reason, because the landscape was these kind of John Waters tier westerns. So I, I guess people you were say kind John of sick Waters of it in a similar way. So, <laughs> uh, John oh, Wayne. John Wayne, sorry. Yeah, yeah John Waters is the no, pencil Flamingos mustache director. <laughs> yeah, well, another crazy, crazy director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, this original. Uh, critical opinion of the film and whatnot seems to be the case for most most of the well not most i don't know a lot of like really big classics it's like mixed reception mm-hmm. initially and then it's like oh wait it's because it's offering something unique and people people don't always like seeing something that isn't just form-fitting to what they've already experienced yeah i think like reading up uh, like quotes from leone explaining his kind of motivations and intent for the movie helps a lot like there's a quote of him saying the killings in my films are exaggerated because i wanted to make a tongue-in-cheek satire on run-of-the-mill westerns Mm. the west was made by violent uncomplicated men and it is this strength and simplicity that i try to recapture in my pictures and honestly i think he does a very good job of doing that yeah yeah that's really cool 
you need the main character to be a bit of an asshole because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's like the authentic part i guess of the west yeah everyone's selfish it's all about it's all about greed at the end of the day yeah that's what everyone was there for yeah for money a lot of them didn't get it all right anyway <laughs> all right what else is there to say <laughs> holy shit yeah uh loved it would you yeah, me say too. the same okay yeah i absolutely Good. love this one yeah. and you, had, you hadn't seen have you seen any of these before i've no. seen um for a few dollars more before okay huh that's weird. Hang on, sorry, no, I'd seen a fistful of dollars. Oh, okay. Fistful of dollars. <laughs> I was getting confused. Yeah, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got them confused too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I keep getting uh, them confused. <laughs> yeah, good. So, we've all seen it. Classic Western. I'd probably give it uh, like an 8 or a 9 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking a 9. And I'm giving this one an 8 out of 10. Might change on a second watch, you never know. But uh, really loved it. Thought it was great. Yeah, I'd be qu- I'd be quicker to see this one and revisit it again than I would for the other two. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Percent. This is the one I've, I'll I've go seen back this to. one so many times. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I also appreciate that they're good like standalone movies. It's like I don't really yeah. need to watch the first two again to watch the third one. I can just that's watch true, that yeah. on its own. Yeah, and it's a good western too. Like I, I kind of painted the second one as the best western, but this one has lots of good western. Like they're in a town, there's a mm-hmm. shootout or whatever. Uh, it's just also that civil war part too, which adds a lot. Mm-hmm. It just has it's, so it's much more depth to it, so much more going on. Yeah, the, the the setups and payoffs and the way they build off each other. It's just a really well made, well executed story. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the recommendation, Ralph. That's sure. great. Yeah, awesome. So glad I finally seen yeah, they're, they're Rest in peace, long, so. Marconi. Yeah. Yes, yeah. We lost a good one, but it's pretty Clint old. Eastwood so. is still making films. I know, right? So Yeah, I was God looking up him. his IMDb earlier. Yeah. I guess the last thing I saw of his was that Sully movie, probably. Mm-hmm. I saw oh. 1517 to Paris. I Maybe uh, not the best movies, but, you know, I, got, I gotta say, he's still making good movies. Like, holy shit. He is what still making movies. And they're okay. It's not like they're totally embarrassing. Like he gets big stars to be in them. They're like big Hollywood, you know, films that are marketed and like billboards. It's not like what uh, Francis Ford Coppola made, like Twixt, where it's like this embarrassing VOD, like movie, <laughs> like something like garbage. So right, yeah. I, I do have a lot of respect for like Clint Eastwood that he's like he's done acting he's done directing he's done all these different things he made unforgiven too i believe he directed that i was about to say about unforgiven yeah yeah Yeah, talk about unforgiven because that like totally that was like the last great western people say it was like a great um it's the swan song the the, western genre yeah yeah Yeah, it's like saying goodbye to it Mm -hmm. after it's all long gone it's been a while since i've seen it but yeah yeah, that's 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 what i remember taking away from it the Mm -hmm. kind of swan swan song side yeah he's 90 years old oh my wow <laughs> gets great actors to be in his <laughs> movies really old. yeah like morgan freeman's in uh in unforgiven i remember mm-hmm. him being good mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's in it million dollar baby mm-hmm. he always gets morgan freeman god bless <laughs> <laughs> so just for that voice all right um question time yeah. All right, let's so. move into the question block. Uh, if you want to leave your own questions for us to answer on future episodes of Sardonicast, head over to the subreddit where there'll be a suggestion thread. Yeah, I'll post it at some point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's start with this one then from a TG Watters who says, is youtube.com forward slash Ralph the Movie Maker working on any projects right now, either film or otherwise? Yeah. 
Anything you're, you you want to say? <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> I'm working on something. Question okay. answered. You're working on something. Keep it secret. It's on my Patreon. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say anything, actually. It is definitely a thing that you are making. Okay, well, here's <laughs> something. I made a TikTok, right? Oh. Oh. So I thought maybe <laughs> I'll watch Riverdale and I'll post it on TikTok, just like me watching it. Because <laughs> I just made a TikTok account because it, it seemed kind of fun. I used it for like five minutes. It seemed kind of fun. So maybe I'll post something on TikTok. Okay. What's your TikTok? <laughs> What's, what, what do you What's think? What's your like, is it at Ralph the Movie Maker? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, everyone swarm his TikTok then, his yeah. Fortnite videos. Uh, Adam, Fortnite there's a question video. for you. Uh-oh. From Dr. Underscore Kvass. Now, this, this isn't an uh-oh one, don't worry. How much raw audio do you normally record for the podcast? What percent of the conversation is included? So how much is edited out, basically? Depends on the episode. Depends on the episode. Sometimes we take breaks to go pee, and I edit those out. Sometimes it's as simple as just cutting out the uh, ums and errs and sometimes if there's like rambling or whatever that could be shortened down or if two of us are talking at the same time and I need to like rearrange it so that we're not interrupting each Mm -hmm. other or something because it's over discord there's a delay you know you know we're not in the same uh, we're not in the same room and so. That right there, what happened, my voice crack. That's something that I would normally edit out, but I'm just going to leave in there as a reference. Because uh, we record these on, on Mondays, and I'm the one that has to wake up the earliest out of all of us. And I do my my Sunday game stream the night before, so I'm usually like just fucking hungover. <laughs> yeah. Just feel like shit, my voice is dying just from like yelling at video games the whole night before. So yeah. a decent amount of like voice crack shit that I have to edit out, but... Uh, yeah, there's been some episodes where uh, they've been trimmed down quite a bit. Others where they there was barely anything trimmed out. So it really depends. Really, really depends. Okay. Inkdrop53 has one for us. There was an episode a while back where you guys said you would consider having a viewer recommendation. How would you go about choosing what that film would be? Uh, we'd do like a poll on Reddit, probably, because that's where most people go, right? With like our fan base. That makes sense. Um, so, like, one of us would post it, and then, well, we'd have to have, like, at least five other choices, like, narrowed down. I think Maybe. the key is us choosing the selection and then them voting yeah. on it, because I just don't know what would happen if you just, like, just recommend Only anything. Only one way to one. find It would have to be, like, a large bracket. It would be, like, a bracket, and then it gets to us, and we'd pick, <laughs> and we'd pick, like, four of them, <laughs> and then we'd let them vote, and then that would be the movie. Yeah, I don't know. You guys want to do it at some just, point? I'm pulling this out of my ass right shit. now. So <laughs> if you have criticism for I can, my plan, I can go fine. on forever without doing it. But if it happens, that's okay too. Okay. Are you anti the idea? Uh, I just don't see anything wrong with the way that we're doing it right now. And also, like, there's everybody that loves the idea and wants us to do a fan recommended film thing probably isn't going to be excited about what ultimately gets picked depending on how it's depending on how the poll is done right you know even even in our own communities there's you know generally a bias towards things that people have seen before Mm -hmm. you go in these threads even if a lot of the other movies are like 
going to be better and more interesting for discussion. There's going to be a lot of people voting on them that are going to be like, well, I've seen Fight Club. I want to hear them talk about Fight Club sort of thing. Right. So that kind of I don't I don't know if I don't know if if you want to do it at some point. I'm totally fine with it. I just uh, I don't think it's absolutely necessary. And then at that point, it's like, what do we make it a regular thing? I would I wouldn't want to make it. A, I wouldn't want to do it again. Yeah, I don't know. Episode yeah. one hundred, maybe we could try it out. Yeah, but then but then it's like, what if it's really lame? Then our episode hundreds is like fucking lame. Yeah, you never know. Let me on the show. We, yeah, we see what people want to want want from us though. Anyway, so we'll maybe we could. Uh, like... There could be like a two recommendation thing for like a week, like one that one of us recommend, and then also a poll. That could work, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we usually talk about like two different movies if we can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be down for that. Yeah, that would be great. We'll keep you posted. Yeah, we'll figure it out. An ongoing discussion. Okay. Next question. Let's do this one from uh, PPO67834, who says, Who is the worst teacher you've ever had? Hmm. We name dropping or what? Yeah, can't, I'm not <laughs> using a name. Yeah. Yeah. I, I won't use real names, but. I've got an answer. Go for it. I'll think about it. So my in secondary school, uh, we do design technology, and this is my pick for my worst teacher. He was he was kind of like the uh, the like general guy from Full Metal Jacket. He loved the the like control. He almost seemed to get off on the control of keeping the classroom organized like an army room, mm-hmm. everyone in like complete silence and. It was just horrible. It, it felt like, like, uh, did you guys ever have that experience where they got like a uh, someone laughing as like a Victorian teacher to come in and like <laughs> school the class? Yeah, when I was in primary school, they they had like someone acting as a Victorian teacher come in and just made like the whole oh class cry. Wow, because <laughs> it was primary like seven school. and eight year olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually remember that quite vividly, but. Yeah, aside from that experience, it probably was this design technology horror. Hmm. Well, I don't have a story like that. I feel like I got off pretty easy with teachers. Oh, really? Adam, if you have one. I didn't have as much issues with teachers, but there were principals. Every school I went to, the principal was out to get me, and I don't know why. It was really weird. <laughs> they just like they they honed in on me and decided that I would be their enemy when I just had no interest. It was so bizarre. The, the, the enemy in what sense? Uh, they they created these fictions in their mind where they thought that anything that I was doing that 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 it was to piss them off. So I'd go to school and I'd have like a shirt, just so, you know, it was from Disney World. It had a fucking scar quote on it said, I'm surrounded by idiots. And then they take issue with that. They're like, you wore this shirt to piss me off. I'm like, what? I don't give a shit about what's going on in your life. And he was like, I remember at the, mm-hmm. uh, there was this like, uh, in junior high, we had this like, quote unquote, graduation sort of ceremony or whatever, just for like middle school sort of thing. And uh, there was a popular song at the time, Dirt Off Your Shoulder by Jay-Z, right? And so, you know, everybody does their, their like, little uh, uh, shake the hands with the principal, walk down the stage or whatever, and, you know, your name's called out. Whatever. What I did is I shook the hands of the principal, and because I'm a fucking goofball, I did the Jay-Z dirt off your shoulder thing, and I just, like, ha-ha, as I walked down the stairs. Next day, I get called into the office. He's like, I, I saw that you wiped your hands off after touching my hand. And I'm like, what? It's, you don't even understand that this is a song that is popular. Like, you're just so detached. They, they, they just kept creating these, like, weird, 
like bizarre fantasies that that I'm like out to get them and that I would always just get punished for stupid shit. And that happened with like a couple different principles. I've had very bad experience with principles. I don't know what the fuck it is. Maybe somebody else who was like a tall, lanky, white dude with long hair bullied them when they were kids or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe they've had bad experiences with people that look like me. I don't I don't know. But I've had I just <laughs> half of the principles that I've had in my schooling experience were just like they singled me out in ways that like I just did not understand. <laughs> it was really annoying. It is weird when teachers there are those teachers that just like hate youth and kids and young people yeah. and yet they're a teacher and have yeah. to interact with it day in day out. Because they hate their fucking life. They're not doing what they really yeah. want. The one that I had in uh, elementary school, she she had a doctorate and she refused to be called anything but doctor. It was so funny. She was a principal in elementary oh. school. She was like, I'm doctor blank or whatever. She hated me. Oh, I had a few teachers like that. So many. say, shut up. <laughs> I like, like calling yeah, teachers by their first name. I yeah. like doing it all the time. So oh, the the, when the they insisted play. doctor, yeah, I'm like, what? Doctor? Yeah. You just call them doctors. You're, you're, a, you're an eighth grade science Doc. teacher. Like, okay, <laughs> I, I can call you doctor, but. And then yeah. it gave me an 89 instead of a 90 on my report card. Fuck! <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I guess that guy's a dick. Yeah, I generally didn't have that bad experience with teachers because even though, like, I would either sleep through class or skip it or whatever like i was still getting my shit done so like in that sense if like i i had a teacher that you know would be annoyed by that kind of thing then you know they get annoyed but my grades were obviously not being negatively impacted by my no sure lack of yeah. sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> uh <laughs> during when i'm supposed to be sleeping so generally there was an understanding in high school i was supposed to be in the school play and i had like a pretty major role for like a musical and it was around this time where i was you know because i was already skipping class or like sleeping or whatever but still getting the work done and my marks weren't affected i was exploring other avenues and thinking you know what i think at this point i i kind of want to try distance learning or see if i can do it from home or condensed courses there are other schools that offer like Mm -hmm. same material in a shorter amount of time why would i waste an entire year curriculum if i can do the same thing in two months right so i was exploring other Mm -hmm. avenues and i i went up to like my guidance counselor to ask him like okay is there a way i can still stay in the school play but stop you know but but do uh condensed learning at another school or something like because i didn't want to see the play being impacted by whatever i did and so i thought okay well if they say no then i'll just keep going to school finish the play and then you know drop out or go to a, another school over christmas break and so i asked my guidance counselor he's like oh well why don't we ask the principal and see what she thinks and so this woman that i've never interacted with before ever i'm asking her i'm taking the initiative <laughs> saying i i want to be doing this and if you're not okay with it then i won't and immediately she was like no, you've you've already missed class, so we're kicking you out of the play. You're not allowed to be in it no matter what you do. I was like, what? Like, immediately, like, oh. that was her response. She literally just kicked me out of the school play, which wasn't even as damaging to myself personally as it was to the fucking drama teacher who now had to, like, recast yeah. this major role for this production that was already, like, two-thirds through, making her life more miserable. Like, what the fuck are you doing? She was it's so just petty. a total abuse of power. And I've had yeah. so many experiences like that with authority figures just, like, Okay, I didn't even have to like go up to you. I didn't even 
I, I could have just mm-hmm. kept doing what I was doing without saying anything, and I would have been fine in the school play. It was because I took the initiative and I was being responsible and thoughtful, trying to come to some sort of an agreement that I made that initiative, that that's the reason why I got kicked out. I was like, fuck you, and I just like I dropped out of school completely at that point. Ugh, I was so mad. Yeah, that is bad. Yeah. That is really bad. That was my rant. <laughs> But then I wound up, you know, taking condensed courses later. So I wound up getting my equivalency at some point, which never really used practically in real life. <laughs> my high school degree yeah. didn't really help me get a job or anything. But all right. <laughs> next question. Next question. Yeah, it's next question. Sorry, I'm just thinking about education. This, this is a whole drama in the UK at the moment about yeah. Pink Floyd. This, so. That's what I yeah. thought of. I thought of Pink Floyd and then I thought of you know who. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's happening yeah, in the UK right now? That. There's something like yeah, currently happening um, with it. So I don't know what you guys have as equivalents. Uh, we call it A levels. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's like high school kind of like towards the end of high school or whatever. Sure, like the final couple years. Um, it's like the most important grade you get before going to university, basically, um, because no one in the UK has been able to take exams because of COVID. So they've They've designed this algorithm to uh, <laughs> take the averages from schools um, in in certain regions and giving you a score based off fucking algorithms. So it's not on an individual basis. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, like private schools, their averages are obviously way higher. So yeah. all the private schools are getting great grades, and all the uh, state schools are. Mm kind of suffering from it and it's a huge scandal Shit. In the UK. it's really really bad <laughs> yeah school's gonna be weird this year glad i'm done yeah. with that part I think of my more life about the little Sorry, kids we're... that like are learning crucial reading and writing skills like if they're not getting that at home i feel really sorry for all these little kiddies that are missing out on their education yeah mm-hmm. well everyone's life is pretty much on hold for like two years right now anyway so yeah yeah well what there were no do? uh graduations or anything they had to cancel all those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when people moving into colleges now, the dorms and everything, it's uh, it's bad. Like, yeah. you have to wear masks everywhere. And, yeah, Sounds not fun. Yeah, to help their kids move up. You know, only one person could go up at a time. It's, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To help, not like, all this, this shit. Yeah, it <laughs> seems like, like a fucking shit, disaster you know, coming. You heard about this school in, like, Georgia or whatever? Like they already opened up and they had like a, a like twenty four people oh, diagnosed yeah. with COVID like yeah, after like so one yeah. day and then well, that, they had to shut that's it down gonna again. Happen. The, yeah. Those packed hallways with nobody wearing masks and the governor's just like, yeah, well, you can't possibly enforce that. Meanwhile, they're enforcing like actual dress codes at school anyway. It's like, well, you can't have a skirt that's too short. It's like, well, how do you enforce that then? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, nothing we can do oh, about man. it. We can't even oh, suggest dear. it. <laughs> like fuck. <clears throat> Or in for a disaster. Yeah, <sighs> it, they're not handling it well. No. <laughs> as far as the education, like what you were saying, Alex, it's like like a state by state kind of thing. I guess we have SATs right. in America, um, but it's yeah, it like in New York State we have like an AP test, but I don't think that's everywhere, and that's kind of how oh, we like okay. measure, <laughs> I guess, that, mm-hmm. measure uh, the, the measure students, intelligence yeah. of our youth. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's that's not accurate either. And because of all this COVID stuff, you know, it's not even accurate. They just passed a bunch of people because, you know, fuck it. They didn't want to yeah, hold well, anyone back. They're just like, the pass, pass all these kids. Even if they handed in nothing, just pass them. 
<laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. It's a crazy time. All right, a couple more questions. Uh, when's Adam going to open his TikTok? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a question on Reddit? just a personal question. I tried Snapchat a while ago when that started out, and I was like, wow, this is something that isn't even entertaining, and then I deleted it. <laughs> what? And TikTok seems like the exact same thing. I actually had, had a uh, Vine account just because I wanted to... Uh, I I just wanted to prove how easy it was to get a fucking popular vine, so I just did a a clip from one of oh, my right, reviews, yeah. a cool cat moment, and it got like five million vines. And I was like, okay, done. I'm just <laughs> just I'm done with this shit. I just like I don't know. You can do the same thing on any other video platform, pretty much. It's just shorter content. I guess there's a couple things yeah. with vines. It's the new where one, the though. video response kind of thing. I wish that there was like an identical alternative because. You know, it, it. I don't know. I don't know how legitimate these concerns are, but there are concerns with like security and privacy issues, considering the company has yeah. to like report all of their information to the Chinese government. Obviously, yeah, no this. government official should have it installed on their phone, and hopefully, their kids don't either. Who knows? Maybe it's all just a bunch of paranoia and bullshit. But I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like a shitty. Well, they app. were gonna. They were gonna ban it, but they didn't. That didn't end up happening because I think Microsoft uh, bought it or. Something oh, like I don't know. Yeah, they had to sell <laughs> their American uh, company version or something. But yeah, like there's there's yeah. documented history of the app. Who knows? Maybe it'll change now with the American ownership of that part of it or something. But the the app was like suppressing LGBT content like intentionally, and also oh, really? it was like suppressing people that weren't like conventionally attractive. Like they had documented the app was suppressing ah. quote unquote ugly people too. She's like, ah, shit. seems like a shitty dumb thing. Yeah. But well. kids are using it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's right. how they like listen to music now. Yeah, it's, it's like where the, music gets marketed. They... There are companies that literally yeah. pay TikTok, TikTok celebrities to dance to their songs as a way to market their music now. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's like artificial memeage. You know, turn the song into a mm -hmm. meme. Yeah. Artificially. Yeah, monetizing memes. Yeah. Well, speaking of, actually, uh, Mufasa underscore nine says, what is the best meme to come from a movie? Oh, shit. That's hard. That's really... I mean, there's, there's just, just so many. There's no way there's just one. Yeah. So I think was. I can uh, narrow it down to one, just for my own preferences. Um, probably something from The Big Lebowski, honestly. That's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, Lord of the Rings there's some good, good ones. ones. Yeah, Lord of the Rings has a fuck ton. Like it might be overdone, but the ones we're just not looking simply... from good, mo like good movies. No, it doesn't have to be good. Like yeah. Jared Leto memes, they're some of my favorite. The mm -hmm. the new Sonic design thing that was a great meme <laughs> that mm -hmm. came from a movie. Yeah, I think they got tea. Just a line <laughs> the film. It's yeah, a, my my enjoyment so of good. film memes usually comes from whichever project I'm currently working on. So right now, yeah. the Lion King shit. Dude, Brad Rock! Or like the Kimba yeah. shit. Mm, suspicious. <laughs> or obviously the intro that I did this episode of the fucking exterminated elephants and shit. It's been mm -hmm. real slice. But it's great because like I, I stream a lot of my editing process and I have this community that's in on the memes with me. So we get to like share yeah. that, you know. It's mm -hmm. fun. You, what's that one you found of from the new Lion King with Mufasa <laughs> delivering a line really yes. weird. What's the, it's like a, you yeah, it's just a really that? strange delivery. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, that one's with fun. um the Marvel villains, it's like a metric. The more memes that are generated from the villain, the better the villain is. That's so, a like, great Thanos point. Thanos has a ton, and you know, uh, like the the Dark Elf from Thor Two has nothing yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, that's like a big part of the fan culture is memeing the villains in those movies. Um, so I guess that's, yeah, I, I do like those too. Or when uh they disappear, is it Infinity War? Yeah, the Infinity War is where they disappear. <laughs> yeah, the, it was the, one of those, the yeah. effect oh, that everybody yeah. was using at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like fresh out of theaters while people are trying to avoid spoilers, but that's like one of the biggest memes on the internet at the same time. That was funny. Yeah, because like so many people were seeing it. Yeah, you can't avoid it. That's like the culture of those movies. Everyone sees it the weekend it comes out. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of people anyway. Yeah, I think Neil Breen memes are pretty timeless. <laughs> I, I often yeah, Neil find ones myself are good. saying, He's very funny. I cannot believe you committed suicide. I mm-hmm. cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? So much good Tell shit. Tell me why so in the room. I think there's a lot of good... Yeah. I'm, I'm not what, feeling as, as warm on those ones because they're so overdone. That's like the the Rick Roll <laughs> of like movie memes, basically. Like the okay, good Okay, just because yeah. it's overdone, that doesn't mean like... It's, it's like, clearly... Like you can see, like, Hillary Clinton like... doing it or some shit, you know? Like, it's not cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what about, like, obvious shit like B-movie? How do you feel about B-movie memes? That's got to be one That one I don't get. Movies. I feel like it just became a meme because the, the idea of a B-movie with Jerry Seinfeld was funny. There was, like, nothing yeah, in the movie that was Yeah, I always thought it was, was actually... just mocking just how unbelievably yeah. awful it's the Nutshack was memed, but it was just because the theme song was terrible. Like, no one watched the show or even cared about any of the content i don't think yeah redacted yeah, and then they just memed it so much that they had to yeah redact it youtube had to redact all of it <laughs> i mean i guess it makes sense it's like the worst show of all time and people were uploading 10 hour long versions of oh like, the yeah theme song i forgot about that with like slowed down and the show itself is like really awful like yeah uh, offensive humor like terrible <laughs> when you just um, keep remixing something until it has no meaning after a while yeah, see shrek has done want, that but shrek still survives that. those other ones have died That's down b-movie and nutshack yeah. those are done shrek yeah. lives on forever shrek is life shrek is a better movie shrek is just a good yeah. film yeah there's more there one i've never liked is the uh the chuck norris one that's lame to me that one's ancient yeah, too that was badass. like when i was in junior high people were saying that shit yeah i remember when that's <laughs> That was around in like school, just the same punchline, just over yeah, and over again. Yeah, it was like in Family Guy, like then like a fist come oh, out shit, of his beard or something. It's like yeah, like, in I'm the talking, infancy of the internet, memes didn't have to be yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of cats, just <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. cat videos. Tom Hooper. Yeah, that's a that's a good movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, did we all answer that? I guess. Yeah, yeah one more. Let's end on this one then from Jack Snell. Cool. Thoughts on David Lynch's YouTube channel? Uh, I haven't seen every video. <laughs> I don't know. He's a crazy old something. kook. Yeah, I haven't seen much. Wasn't he just talking to a camera? He's doing he weather doing reports. Like, the last time I saw it, he was doing like weather reports. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see it. He's yeah, a crazy David man. Lynch theater. Like, I like his films. Yeah, his older films. I saw that one he put on Netflix, the one with the monkey or whatever. I oh, yeah. I did not. Yeah, I, I tried that's to watch the most it. recent. I didn't either. I thought that was really kind of thrown together. Yeah, it was fucking it lame. It felt like a shit post to me. Yeah. Not everything he makes is amazing, but... Well, no. Of course not. 
gets Still away with a, a lot. Very influential and incredible director that yeah. I respect. But Absolutely. you know, he said stupid things. <laughs> he's a memer without he's, he's trying kind of to be, you know. Yeah, which is what the best memers should be. Yeah, I mean, they should just be genuine. They should just be themselves. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's an endearing quality to his craziness. Mm-hmm. He's such a character. Yeah. Oh, Grandpa Lynch. It's kind of like that kind of <laughs> mindset. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy the David Lynch meme, speaking of me. Fucking <laughs> <Like a> telephone. <laughs> yeah, when he's calling like a cell phone a telephone. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's like an oh grandpa Lynch moment. Yeah. There's there's so much that he does that if anybody else were to do it, people wouldn't be as warm and receptive to it. But it's just so like, ah, oh, David Lynch, you know, like <laughs> it's like it's cute when he does well, it. I, I agree with like the core of what he's saying that watching a, f- a movie on your phone is not the same experience the meme mm-hmm. part is like the way he says it oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah his voice i was talking about that his... specifically but yeah exactly it's just everything <laughs> with him he's very memeable i guess that's why he's in his own movies too that's why he likes being in his own movies because he's he has like a personality uh in like twin peaks i think he's like supposed to be um like a little uh deaf in it because he talks loud i think that's part of his character you never know. I'm not sure. I'm not you sure. You never I know. I watch Twin Peaks more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's that. Well, there Bravo. it is. That's that. Yeah. You, ha- you haven't watched any of it? His stuff? On uh, YouTube? Uh, I've watched some of it, but a lot of them just like, like you say, like, oh, David Lynch. <laughs> He's just what a razzle. Is it like accurate at least? What or... a silly cheeky little monkey, yeah. I'm not quite sure what he's doing. Because I remember even in like, I saw documentaries like in his early, like when he was in his 20s, he had like a basement and he was like dissecting all kinds of dead animals and like putting them in jars. And like, I'm like, this guy's fucking crazy. What is he doing? So I can't even imagine what he's doing now with like this weather report. And just having YouTube available at his fingertips. Yeah, why not? (laughs) He just feels like he needs to get something out to the world, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's an artist. He makes great great movies or you, you can mm-hmm. all right i guess that's that we have yeah, a uh, thank you for the question we have yeah, a film happens. recommendation from what? none other than alex who Uh-oh. hates everything <laughs> oh yeah that's me i've got a good one i think i think this okay. is going to be a juicy one if this goes well because I, I think this is a film i know adam really does not like oh but where the interesting discussion will be is because i don't think ralph and i agree that being adam wingard's the guest i knew that was coming i knew that was coming (laughs) did you (laughs) because i haven't seen it in a while so let's see yeah i'm the same i I haven't seen it since when did it come out 2014 so it's been Uh six years okay Uh um but i remember my first adam wingard film yeah Yeah. i think it was mine too again nice (laughs) Sorry about I guess that. I'll finish it this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you didn't even finish it. All right. All right. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm looking forward to hey, this. Who so. knows? My mind might just completely be changed. I might appreciate When was the last time you saw it for reference? Uh, probably five years ago. Okay. Yeah. That's good then. It's been enough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the whole thing. I gave up, but Check I guess now Death I have Note to. Too. We'll see how that goes. Yep. <laughs> All right. If you don't want to be spoiled for 
Adam Wingard's The Guest, then uh, watch it before the next episode. These episodes come out every two weeks. You can listen to them early as they're edited. If you go to sardonicast.com, sign up for premium, $2 a month. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast does the same thing. Also, we got merch links in the description. That was a good discussion. Enjoyed the movies. Thank you, Ralph. Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. We're on my watch list for a long time. Oh, good. Got our fill of uh, spaghetti westerns. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mamma mia. They're awesome. Mm hmm. Delicious. With some spaghetti sauce. All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening to. Thank you for listening, everybody. (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs) Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye.